You ready? I have to do it all in one take? That's never going to happen. Never. Never going to happen. What do you mean I have to start all over again? Never mind. Let's just let's get to it. The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. What if you had to repeat the day over and over again? Groundhog Day isn't really one of my favorite movies, but it does provide an example of why I enjoy science fiction and fantasy stories. In those stories, in all art forms, wonderful things can happen. It's not limited to movies or TV. Even ballet isn't shackled by the rules of conventional storytelling. Take Swan Lake or The Nutcracker, for instance. Fantasy expressed through dance is... Oh, I forgot the Nutcracker music in the background. The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. Groundhog Day! What if you had to repeat the day over and over again? Groundhog Day isn't really one of my favorite movies, but it does provide an example of why I enjoy... This doesn't make any sense. The following presentation is brought to you by The Realm Network. This is a sparring program, similar to the programmed reality of The Matrix. It has the same basic rules, rules like gravity. What you must learn is that these rules are no different than the rules of a computer system. Some of them can be bent. Others can be broken. Understand. Then hit me, if you can. On this show, I've spoken a lot about science fiction and fantasy. There's a reason that the genres appeal to so many people. They require leaps of imagination to create, understand, and appreciate. The fantasy stories we can tell take place in a mind not unlike that dojo in The Matrix. The rules we have in reality can be bent or broken to serve the needs of the art. On this episode of ARC, I'm going to go over some of the more memorable stories about changing history. Also, I'm going to give my review and commentary on the latest movies on that subject. X-Men, Days of Future Past, and Edge of Tomorrow. This is ARC. God bless television. To the movies. The good movies. To every possible kind. I am the danger. I am the one who knocks. Is that a hair gel? <coughs> Loud noises! There's no crying in baseball! That's not even a word! Game over, man. Game over. I'll be back. I want the truth! You can't handle the truth! These are their stories. From now on, I order you watch more television than ever before. Welcome, one and all, to another episode of Arts Review and Commentary. I'm your host, Omar Latiri, and this episode is brought to you by ARC's Amazon page. Father's Day is around the corner, and clicking on the Amazon button at artsreviewandcommentary.com is one of the best ways to get the best gifts for your dad. One of the hardest stories to do well in science fiction and fantasy is rewriting history. Time travel into the past to fix the present opens up a whole host of ethical problems. First of all, you have to figure out what you want to fix. 
In the 2004 movie The Butterfly Effect, Ashton Kutcher discovers his gift to travel back in time to his own younger self and try to better the future for himself and his friends, especially that of his childhood sweetheart. It sounds very romantic, but there is an ethical question that the movie ignores. If you go back in time, would you change your own history or would you change the history of the world? I just wanted to save her. Her hero. How noble. Oh, wait. You didn't stop JFK from getting assassinated. Or make sure Hitler stayed in art school. You saved your mommy. You missed her. And in a supreme act of selfishness, shattered history like a rank amateur. Turned the world into a living hell moments away from destruction. And I'm the villain? Elements like that showcase the moral quandary of time travel. How does a time traveler know what events to alter for the better? What possible ripple effects would a singular event have on the rest of history? These questions and others have haunted storytellers for quite some time, but the funny thing is that it is totally impossible to know. We can't go back in time. We can debate the theoretical possibilities of time travel till we're blue in the face, but the fact of the matter is that time travel doesn't exist. Even if it did, how would we be aware of it? That poses a problem in our stories when we try to change known history. Either our story changes history, in which case it's wish fulfillment, or history cannot be altered, in which case there's a reset button in play. Shows like Quantum Leap or Doctor Who have tried to address that by saying that certain events are fixed and can never be altered. History itself has painted these stories into a corner, and there's nowhere else for the narrative to go unless it purposefully creates an alternate timeline. Are you telling me that you built a time machine out of a DeLorean? So, writers have to willingly decide to ignore tragedies in known history like wars and assassinations and concentrate on more personal changes like getting your future parents to kiss at the Enchantment Under the Sea dance. Aaron, I'm standing at the time portal which scientists say follows Terminator rules. That is, it's one way only and you can't go back. This is in contrast to, say, Back to the Future rules, where back and forth is possible. And, of course, Time Rider rules, which are just plain silly. And so what are the rules of time travel? If someone goes back to the past, are the results in the future instantaneous? Do the results of time alteration travel at the speed of time? There's a theory. There could be some logic to the belief that time is fluid, like a river with currents, eddies, backwash. The rules for such a plot device depend on the writer, and since time travel is pretty much a fictional plot device, it doesn't really matter what the rules are, as long as the rules are consistent within the confines of the story. Wait a tick. Basil, if I travel back to 1969 and I was frozen in 1967, presumably I could go visit my frozen self. But if I'm still frozen in 1967, how could I have been unthawed in the 90s and traveled back to, oh no, I've gone cross-eyed? Yep, hard to keep track of. Most of the time, these time travel stories deal with futures that haven't happened yet, fantasizing new events to confront and or prevent. 
these future events are almost always apocalyptic in nature. They'd have to be in order to justify the time travel for the story. In The Terminator, Kyle Reese doesn't go back in time to prevent the Third Reich because the Holocaust was small potatoes compared to Judgment Day. Similarly, in X-Men Days of Future Past, it's all of mankind that has been set for extermination by the robot sentinels. Professor? You're gonna find this hard to believe. I was sent here for you. From the future? 50 years from now. <laughs> Could you give me that one more time, please? Stay with me. In the beginning, the Sentinels were just targeting mutants. Then they began targeting everyone. I've come a long way to guide us, to bring us together. The X-Men, we need your help. Tell whoever it was that sent you, I'm busy. The person who sent me was you. This latest entry into the X-Men movie franchise features Hugh Jackman back for a record seventh time as Wolverine. The movie embraces the spirit of comic books by mixing different casts of characters and playing fast and loose with continuity for the sake of a fun story. A very, very satisfying third act in CODA wraps up the X-Men universe that audiences were introduced to back in 2000. The movie works by itself quite well, but a movie like this can't be judged properly on its own merits. Because we've seen these characters in their various incarnations over many years, our memories of them are rewarded with this movie, which is a tribute to the struggles we've watched these characters go through over the past 14 years. This is the first movie to show us a universe not grounded in a reality that we're familiar with, with morphing sentinels and a kitty pride that can send memories back in time. By juxtaposing an unfamiliar future with a past that we're all too familiar with, the film centers itself by giving us familiar themes and landmarks. Incidentally, this may be the first movie that I've seen in a while that featured the Washington Monument and not have the words Washington, D.C. scrawled at the bottom of the screen. Of course, being a movie based on a comic book, Days of Future Past is not without its inconsistencies, especially when seen as the seventh movie in an established franchise. Comic book readers are notoriously critical of filmed adaptations of the source material, which is a bit of a double standard considering that comic books themselves are notorious for ignoring past continuity. That being said, Days of Future Past does become problematic when taking into account the events of the first X-Men movie released 14 years ago. If the events of Days of Future Past lead to an apocalyptic future, how did the events of the not-so-distant future of the first two X-Men movies come to pass? If Professor Xavier's body perished in X-Men 3, where did this identical body come from? What's going on here? But don't worry about that. Just revel in the fact that this all-star cast full of Academy Award-winning and nominated actors is coming together to have a good time. It's obvious from the performances that everyone was enjoying themselves making this movie. The time travel inconsistencies may have been too much for a number of fans, but they weren't for me. Four out of five stars for X-Men Days of Future Past. When we come back, a very specific type of time travel movie, 
The Time Loop, with a review and commentary of Edge of Tomorrow. Are you a gamer? Yes. Do you envision all brick blocks to have a gold coin inside them? Yes. Do you think demons prefer Mars over Earth? Who doesn't? Does Gordon Freeman talk too much? He's a blabbermouth. Do you miss the Sega Dreamcast? <laughs> With all my heart. Do you think Ryu Hayabusa has a sweet ass? Uh, uh, he's just tone, man. If you caught any of these references, then you should be listening to the Gaming Marathon on the Realm Network and iTunes. Your number one source in the gaming industry delivers tons of news and humorous insight every Thursday. Along with reviews of all of the current hot titles that are out there, no stone is left unturned. From consoles to handhelds to PCs, you won't miss any big news in the industry when listening to us. It's on RealmNetwork.com and iTunes. Please subscribe and be a real hero and leave us a five-star review. You'll be glad you did. Download and listen today. The Gaming Marathon. Seriously, Adam, I just think Ryu is, like, toned and in shape. Yeah, sure you do, Liberace. Come on! Come on! The ship is going to explode! What are you doing? Find me when you wake up. What? Come find me when you wake up. Yeah! On your feet, maggots! Edge of Tomorrow is the latest in a very specific movie involving time travel, the Time Loop. Groundhog Day wasn't the first story to feature a time loop, but it's definitely the most well-known. A year before Groundhog Day came out, there was an episode of Star Trek The Next Generation called Cause and Effect, which featured a time loop that ended with the destruction of the Enterprise. The time loop has factored into numerous fantasy tales in all different genres, including video games. One of my favorite franchises, The Legend of Zelda, released a game called Majora's Mask on the GameCube that was all about manipulating a time loop. The German movie Run Lola Run featured a sort of time loop as well, as did the 2012 Bruce Willis movie Looper. It's too easy to say that Edge of Tomorrow is Groundhog Day, but as an action movie. I mean, it is, but it's a lot more. In Groundhog Day, the goal of the movie was to get the day to stop repeating, as Bill Murray learned life lessons. Here, the gimmick of reliving the day is the means to the end. This is one of the best action movies in recent history. Part of that opinion comes from the fact that the predictability that is drilled into our heads in the beginning of the movie serves as an anchor to when new and unexpected events occur. When new challenges arise, we're just as curious and apprehensive as Tom Cruise's character is. And while the movie heavily borrows action scenes from movies such as The Matrix Revolutions and Saving Private Ryan, I don't think it's a coincidence that it opened on the 70th anniversary of D-Day, the story still feels fresh. Most of all, this movie injects something that's been missing in a lot of recent action movies, a sense of dark humor that carries a lot of fun with it. Watching this movie gave me many of the same feelings I've experienced playing video games. Anyone who's ever played video games knows the frustration that comes with not being able to get through a level. Success on a particularly difficult level only comes with hours and hours of practice and repetition. In Edge of Tomorrow, whenever we see something new in the story, we get... 
God damn it. The following presentation is brought to you by the Realm Network. Watching this movie gave me many of the same feelings I've experienced playing video games. Anyone who's ever played video games knows the frustration that comes with not being able to get through a level. Success on a particularly difficult level only comes with hours and hours of practice and repetition. In Edge of Tomorrow, whenever we see something new in the story, we get the same feeling of accomplishment as leveling up and discovering a new part of the game that's previously been inaccessible. Because the movie features scenes that repeat themselves, there's the likelihood that certain scenes or characters would become annoying with each iteration. Fortunately, everyone in this movie is cast perfectly. Bill Paxton as the smartass Sergeant Major, Emily Blunt as the heroine of the armed forces, but most of all, Tom Cruise. I really have to give it up to Tom Cruise. I've always been impressed with his acting, but I never really appreciated it until this movie. This is the first new Tom Cruise movie that I've seen since starting this podcast, so I never really thought critically about his performances throughout his career. When I think about it, he always brings an intensity to the role, regardless of what genre he's in. It doesn't matter if he's doing comedy like in Tropic Thunder, drama like in Born on the Fourth of July, or action. In Edge of Tomorrow, Cruise doesn't disappoint, and I think the movie wouldn't have been as good if another actor was playing the part. Four and a half out of five stars for Edge of Tomorrow. That's it for this episode of ARC. Thank you for listening. Please visit artsreviewandcommentary.com for access to all of my reviews and essays, access to the other great shows on the Realm Network, and shopping with Amazon. Subscribe to the show on iTunes and leave a five-star review. Like the show on Facebook at facebook.com slash arcreviews, and follow the show on Twitter at arcreviews. My name is Omar Latiri, and this is ARC. The preceding presentation was brought to you by the Realm Network. You ready? I have to do it all in one take? That's never going to happen. Never. Never going to happen. What do you mean I have to start all over again? Never mind. Let's just, just get to it.